0: You're about to listen to the Meat Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. That, my friends, is 45 episodes of Meat Mediocrity. On today's episode, I welcome once again the most insightful, the smartest, the most handsome, the funniest guest. That the Meet Mediocrity podcast has ever had me. (laughs) I was prompted to do a solo podcast this week after receiving a text message with a meme that said, and I quote, mediocrity is the enemy of greatness. I, of course, completely disagree with this. So on today's podcast, I explore. Why I disagree with this and how mediocrity can actually be an important part of each of our journeys and our growth. Ready to hear more? Let's get started. Mitch, and Welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. Over the past few weeks, I have had some amazing guests. From Kaya Majmandar, who is perhaps my favorite ever Shark Tank guest, to Taryn Giselle, also known as Triathlon Taryn. Kea was my favorite guest on Shark Tank because she simply wouldn't take no for an answer. I know she got some negative feedback for what appeared to be, to some, as groveling, but I saw her behavior as a refuse-to-lose moment. And based upon how far she's come since that moment, I think it is clear that that moment was actually an enormous stepping stone for her entrepreneurial career. Taryn was a very important guest for me since I see him as a celebrity, or at least a celebrity in the triathlon world. I literally watched dozens of his videos, listen to his podcast, and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Having had a podcast interview with Triathlon Taryn on Zoom, I got to see in person what a nice, normal, balanced, and interesting guy he is. It really made me feel great about having followed him so closely. Today, the guest is me. I'm doing this solo episode as I reflect on a meme that was texted to me by a friend. The meme said, mediocrity is the enemy of greatness. Look, I'm well aware that the definition of mediocrity and the definition of greatness is totally subjective. And I'm aware that some of my analysis is simply based on semantics. I looked, and there are a lot of definitions of mediocre online. But basically it means ordinary, not great, not awful, just ordinary. So for purposes of today's podcast, let's assume that mediocrity is defined broadly as choosing a task or an activity that you would like to be good at, but your performance in that activity falls somewhere in the, let's say, middle third of all similar people doing that same activity. So let's say mediocrity falls somewhere between the 33rd and 66th percentile. That's the middle third percentile. So for example, if you want to run a 5K and you finish at exactly the middle of the pack of people who are the same sex and same age and same experience level as you are, you're a mediocre 5K runner. And if you finish in the top third, say between the 66th and the 100th percentile, you're a great 5K runner. And if you finish in the bottom third, somewhere between dead last and the 33rd percentile, you're less than mediocre at that activity. Okay, those are the parameters we're going to go with. Now, we're going to explore an example. I made this example up, so listen carefully to my super cool, creative storytelling skills. But this story is going to prove the point about mediocrity not being the enemy of greatness. So, this is a story about Janet. By the way, Janet is a completely fictional character. Janet is a bit of a couch potato. She loves sitting on her couch binge-watching Hallmark Christmas movies. She is well aware that the couples in those movies do not make their first kiss until the very end of the movie. Every possible first kiss before the first kiss is aborted before the lips actually touch. She's a Hallmark junkie. Running for the fun of it, going out for a run, is definitely not part of Janet's life. Unless she's running to the cabinet for a bag of M and M's to go with her Hallmark movie, okay. You with me so far? Okay. One day, while watching Christmas Wonderland getaway, a commercial comes on for Nordic Track treadmill. The Nordic Track treadmill. It shows a woman about Janet's age walking. Then running, and then running very fast on her Nordic Track treadmill. As the woman on the TV commercial runs, she's getting progressively thinner. And the woman on the commercial starts the commercial by walking in baggy sweatpants and a pullover hoodie, very similar to the ones Janet is wearing right now, watching. Christmas Wonderland Getaway. By the end of the TV commercial, the woman on the treadmill is wearing cooler and cooler looking running outfits, and she is getting thinner and thinner. That's it. That is enough for Janet. After the commercial, while still watching Christmas Wonderland Getaway, Janet starts scrolling through her phone. The couple on the movie are still not even sure they like each other, but Janet isn't paying attention. She's looking at her phone until she finds something called, and I quote, from couch potato to 5K running in 60 days. Janet starts the program the very next day. Everyone with me so far? I know you can't answer me, but I'm going to assume the answer is yes. So here we go. One week into the program, Janet has progressed from alternate walking for five minutes and running for 30 seconds to being able to run an entire mile. She takes it slow, but she can run an entire mile after one week on the program. Turns out that Janet's version of a slow mile is 13 minutes. So, Janet moves her goal forward by signing up for a Winter Wonderland 5K in her town. It's in nine weeks, so she has plenty of time to complete her Couch Potato to 5K in 60 Days program. Fast forward. January. The holidays and New Year's are in the past, and Janet is still following her program. She's six weeks into the program now, and the Winter Wonderland 5K is only four weeks away. Janet is able to complete a 5K. She's mostly running at this point with just a little walking in the middle. She, comp- she can complete the 5K distance in just under 40 minutes. So, with four weeks to go, she sets a goal to complete the Winter Wonderland 5K in 36 minutes. She's also daydreaming about the amazing outfit, colorful leggings, bright pink socks, and a great running pullover sweatshirt she wants to order from Athleta to wear for her 5K, the Winter Wonderland 5K. Okay, fast forward again it's race day. Janet shows up to the Winter Wonderland 5K in her brand new outfit. She's lost eight pounds. She knows she can complete the 5K distance, and she has her goal of 36 minutes in mind. The fastest she's run a 5K in her practice sessions was just under 38 minutes, so knocking a little less than two minutes off of her best time here on race day, totally doable. Janet is totally ready. As Janet starts the race, she is so proud of herself. She never imagined being among a group of runners. Runners with timing chips, an actual starting line and a finish line, people cheering, water bottles, tables of apples and oranges set up on a table near the finish line, finisher medals and t-shirts waiting for her. All. Just 36 minutes away. Okay, the race starts. Two kilometers into the 5K race, Janet is running at a pace that's a little slower than she expected. Twelve and a half minutes for the first mile. Damn, she thinks to herself. I really need to pick up my pace. Second mile, slight stomach cramp, heavy breathing, much heavier than she expected, and Oh no, mile two, 13 minutes. Now she needs to run the last mile plus just under 11 minutes to meet her goal time of 36 minutes. So Janet starts running hard, way too hard. With about half a mile to go, she starts walking. She just couldn't keep up the running any longer because she had blown herself out. She finished the 5K in 41 minutes. She had done faster 5Ks in her practice sessions. She is completely down on herself. Janet picks up her finisher's medal and her t-shirt, but she says to herself that these aren't even rewarding. She sees people walking their dogs on the race course, and she realizes that they too will get a finisher's medal and a t-shirt. As she's heading home, she checks the results of the Winter Wonderland 5K on her iPhone. There's her name. 41 minutes, finishing 19th out of 30 women her age. Janet is feeling completely mediocre. So, is Janet mediocre? Is her mediocrity a bad thing? Well, here's what I would say. Good for Janet. She got off the couch, she went out of her comfort zone, she completed her training, and she completed her race. Nope, she did not meet her goal of running the entire way, nor did she meet her goal time of 36 minutes. And if any bystander looked at her accomplishment of 19th out of 30 women in her age group, they would probably think she's a mediocre runner. I would say she's a mediocre runner too. What she did isn't bad. It's great. It's great. It's just mediocre great. So here's the important point. Mediocrity as a goal, not good. Mediocrity as a result, that's okay. And that is what I've always meant. By meeting mediocrity, Janet's mediocre result needs to become her motivator, not her demotivator. It's Janet's next move, the move she makes after the Winter Wonderland, that matters most. Okay. Now, back to the meme that was texted to me by a friend that said, mediocrity is the enemy of greatness. Simply not true. Janet's mediocre result isn't a bad thing at all if Janet sees it and uses it as a building block. It's like I always say, you need to meet mediocrity if you are ever going to beat mediocrity. So let's get back to Janet. Let's fast forward six months. Janet's still running. Good for her. She has set a new goal for herself. She wants to reach the podium. That's finishing in the top three people in her age group at the Labor Day 5K. She is training like crazy. Not just running, but doing interval training, sprinting up hills, lifting weights, doing core exercises, doing yoga to stay limber. She doesn't even have time for the Hallmark channel anymore. In fact, she has such a detailed training schedule on her phone calendar. She's making tra- training progress. She's, sorry, she's, she's marking her training progress with frequent Instagram posts. She's losing weight. She's getting tons of compliments from her friends. Here's the thing, though. Janet is getting burnt out. By mid-July, she's starting to go to bed at night, dreading the next morning's workout. But Janet keeps pushing ahead, her, her protein smoothie for breakfast, her salad for lunch, her small piece of chicken and veggies for dinner, more running, more sprints, more weight training. It's no longer fun. It's an obligation. And then, August 27th, Janet sleeps through her workout. Then, August 28th, Janet opts for a pancake breakfast. Then, August 29th, Janet decides that walking with her friends constitutes a workout. Then, August 30th. Janet decides that she deserves an ice cream sundae from Carvel. By the the time Janet gets to the Labor Day 5K, she is definitely not at the top of her game. Janet finishes the 5K finishing 20th amongst 40 runners in her age group. Her goal of a podium finish, her goal of greatness, at least her own definition of greatness, not achieved. Janet decides that this has all been one big waste of time. So, she settles down to watch a new Hallmark movie, Thanksgiving with the Family, with a big bag of Doritos and a bottle of wine. Now, Looking back at the mediocrity is the enemy of greatness meme, I believe that greatness, at least sometimes, can actually be the enemy of our wellness. By overstriving to be great, we repress, we hold back our ability to be happy with ourselves at whatever level we might be at, even if it's mediocrity. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't try to make an impact on the world or that we should stifle our energy or efforts in order to play small. I just feel that when we try to avoid mediocrity, we focus on what we don't want to be and we create fear and pressure and put pressure on ourselves to excel. And that pressure can be harmful to our self-esteem. It can be harmful to our positivity. It can be harmful to our happiness and our wellness. So, when people ask me, why did you call your podcast Meet Mediocrity? Or they say, why do you call yourself a mediocre Mitch? This is why. Because being mediocre, accepting mediocrity at least, in some reasonable context, loving yourself despite achieving only mediocrity, it's all part of the long game, the long game of life. For me, and I suspect for all of us, wellness, happiness, fitness, joyfulness is a lifelong journey. And I know I've had plenty of Janet-like experiences. In fact, I had that experience or something similar to it last year when I successfully completed my half Ironman triathlon and I crossed the finish line and I said to myself, Mitch, why did you finish that run almost 30 minutes slower than you expected? That's not healthy. That's not positive. That is a Janet-like experience, and we need to kind of avoid those. If I allowed those, you know, the, the triathlon experience I just described or other experiences that didn't quite meet my self-made expectations, if I allowed those to send me to the couch with a bag of Doritos and a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer, then finding joyfulness in life would be much, much harder to achieve. So with that, I have now explained why mediocrity is not the enemy of greatness, and greatness, looked at the wrong way, could actually be the enemy of wellness so what i'd like to invite you to do is to send me a message and request your free meet mediocrity t-shirt now what does a Meet mediocrity t-shirt have to do with all this well the saying on the back of the Meet mediocrity t-shirts is sometimes mediocre but always trying and i'm hoping that that saying now has more meaning for you and you can wear a Meet Mediocrity t-shirt with pride. Finally, please continue to tell your friends about my podcast and as we approach Thanksgiving weekend here in the United States in the midst of this raging pandemic, let me ask that you please stay safe You stay healthy, you keep smiling, and you stay well. Take care, everyone.